Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to Grand Final Week on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We've got the Gurus picking the Melbourne Storm, taking on the 17 in a row, the high-flying Penrith Panthers. It's going to be a massive week on the podcast. This is the only podcast you need this week. We are going to have content falling out of our ass. Stay tuned. It's going to be a massive one. Let's kick it off. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today I've got another instalment of Fan is Short for Fanatic, and I've got one Fanatic on that I'm really stoked to have on finally. Willie, he's been a guy that he's followed me from day one, and we've had a lot of conversations over the last year or two, and thankfully we think pretty similarly. So we've had some pretty good conversations, very few arguments, very few disagreements, but he's been a champion bloke. He's a proper Melbourne Storm fan, so as you all know, You know, I've liked Melbourne all year, so we've had a lot of positive conversations this year. He's a real honest, raw bloke, shows a lot of emotion, and I absolutely loved having him on. Obviously, you know, I see myself, I see my podcast as being, you know, the podcast for the fans. Obviously, I'm having all of you guys on to come and tell your story. Obviously, we've had, you know, John earlier this week to tell his story as a Panthers fan. We've had Willie on to tell his story as a Storm fanatic. Anyone else out there that's keen to share their story, please slip into my DMs and let's arrange something during the offseason. I'd love to hear all your stories. Let's kick off Willie's story now. Willie, welcome on, mate. How are we? Thanks, mate. How are you? Thanks for having me. Nah, mate, it's a pleasure. I know you've been a follower for quite some time. We've had a few yarns over the last year or so, haven't we? Yeah, a lot. Um, Yeah, I always enjoy listening to your stuff, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. Mate, I could think of worse times to be a Melbourne Storm fan. It's pretty good at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty good, mate. It's um, a lot of people always say to me, "Oh, it must be nice," but it is nice. But I'm, I'm just enjoying it for while we can, and um, hopefully in the next coming years, I think we'll be hitting the rebuild stage. So I'm just enjoying it while I can, mate. Jeez, I don't know if any team with Harry Grant about to walk into it is going to be in a rebuild just quietly. I, I, I think you're being modest there. You know what, mate? 
it's funny. My mates, my mates in my super coach comp, they, I was, I was bragging on Harry Grant all last year, all this year, and a lot of them are like, mate, you and the guru bloke, or have been on the same wavelength. And I said, I'm telling you, this this kid is the real deal. So I'm glad you mentioned Harry Grant because me and you were kind of on the same wavelength for a long time. No, you don't want to be on my wavelength. Believe me, it's a miracle you got mates then. <laughs> no, nah, it's working out well for me, mate. Yeah, no, nah, mate, Harry Grant, though, he looks special for you guys over the next few years, mate. Take me back to your first, you know, your earliest memory as a Melbourne Storm fan. Yeah, so um, I didn't really follow teams. I, I followed players. So um, back in the day, um, I growing up, I was, a, I was a Mormon. So my youth leader at the time was Kylie Lulawai. He used to play for Manly, big time prop. And so I followed Manly partially because of him, but I also loved Scotty Hill. So I followed Scotty Hill um, early 2000s. And that's what kind of led me to the storm um, around 2005. I just liked the way he played. He was real flamboyant. He was, he was tough for a skinny fella. But, um, yeah, Scotty Hill was the player for me that dragged me towards the storm. Mate, Scott Hill, it's funny. Like, like back in the day when he was playing, there was obviously Scott Hill, your Jimmy Dimmicks, your Brad Fittlers, all these, you know, really good ball players that could jump in, at, you know, jump in at 13 and hit like a Mack truck. And then we sort of went away from that with the lock forward for a little bit. We sort of went to a third front rower. And now you're seeing these Victor Radleys, Brandon Smith, they're all starting to come back into fashion now, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. So I reckon Scotty Hill would, would be really good for this day and age in footy. So um, it's sad to see that um, it kind of went away from how he played for a time of a period, but I'm glad it's coming back now. Which, um, yeah, he was he was probably my favourite player growing up um, in the early stages of the Melbourne Storm days. Mate, those early stages, you played in a few grand finals. Then I remember 2006, I was there when, when, when you lost to Brisbane. Scotty Hill was playing in that one. Do you remember that game? Yeah, I, I don't want to remember it, mate, but I, I do sadly remember it. It was um, like, um, along with, I know we'll talk about it later, but I think 2006 and 2016 were probably the two ones I thought we should have won but they kind of just got away from us. So, yeah, it was a sad one, that one. Mate, a year later, though, 2007, you take on the Manly Seagulls, and what a win. Greg Inglis, he was sensational that day. He was, yeah. Inglis was awesome. Um, the thing that I just always remember, Cam Smith had a shocker with the boot, and he um, said a prayer, I think, with his last conversion. So uh, that's what I remember. I just remember playing really, really well, and we dominated Manly, and then... Um, Obviously, the year after was a completely different story. Yeah, geez, the year after wasn't pretty, was it? Of course, people remember Cameron Smith was suspended for that game. Cooper Cronk steps up and captains them, and fuck me, it was a shit fight, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. I just remember watching to half time, and I think I think that was probably the first game I, I probably contemplated turning off. Uh, but I went the whole distance, and then um, obviously seeing um, I think Israel Folau was probably the first person I saw cry uh, when we lost. So that was that was a pretty tough one to, to swallow, and then. Obviously, the year after got a little better as well. Mate, I remember being at that, that 08 grand final. I remember I was sort of at the manly end watching, and I remember when Steve Menzies scored that try, Jesus Christ, I almost went deaf. The the noise yeah. they made was unbelievable. Yeah, no, Manly played really well that game. Um, you can't really take anything away from them. Um, I think that was probably prime manly too. So um, to lose to a strong manly side is, is never, never an embarrassment, I guess. And, mate, I guess during that time as well, like the rivalry that you two had, it, mate, you, if Manly were playing Melbourne, you simply couldn't miss it, no matter if it was a grand final, if it was round two, it didn't matter. You had to be there for it, didn't you? 100%, especially after that one. I think it kind of got a little tight. Obviously, the Battle of Brookie was a couple of years after that with um, Adam Blair and Glenn Stewart going at it. Um, and then I think the most, nerve, the most nerve-wracking Manly-Melbourne game, I think, after that was probably the prelim of 2012. 
Um, I was really, really nervous for this one. I thought they were going to get over us, and then um, they just came out and were terrible and completely flat. And I just remember we put it on them, and then obviously led to 2012 Grand Final. But, yeah, every Manly Melbourne game has been awesome. Was that game against Manly, mate? Was that the one where Billy Slater put on an absolute show? Yeah, that was the one he, um, I think he takes it off the scrum, and it's, he runs about 70, and he's got Fozzer chasing him behind him. Um, Will Chambers, I think, cuts down the right side as well and hits Cronk on the inside. And then Cronk kind of dummies and goes himself and scores as well. It was, it was probably the, the one I was most nervous about out of all the Manly Melbourne games, and, and we, we kind of dominated. So it was a it was a big relief. Mate, after that 2008 grand final, of course, 2009 rolls around and, you know, you, the whole season we're, we're sitting around just watching Jared Hayne just set the world alight that season. He was incredible. You end up meeting them in the grand final and on my podcast a few weeks ago with Brett Finch, he spoke about that, you yeah, know, yeah. what Melbourne do best the is they play. take away their best weapon and you did that to Hainsey, didn't you? Yeah, 100%. I listened to that podcast. Um, it was interesting to see, like, they all they wanted to do was just attack him. So a lot of teams were just kind of um, watching Hainsey, you know, giving him the space and the time. And I guess in that one, we, we did completely shut him down. I don't think we did anything that game. Um, but, um, yeah, that was a good game. It was a, it was a bit of a heart a heart attack towards the end when before we, before we scored in the corner. Jesus, so what about that try? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was Far a good out. heart attack one. But, um, yeah, that was a good game. Um, English, I remember the English try just off the high bomb. That was a good one. Um, but the, the 44 one, that kind of made me a little nervous. Mate, obviously 2010 rolls around and, you know, Melbourne Storm, they're looking to defend their premiership. They've definitely got a side that can do it and then heartbreak hits. Tell me about that day you found out about the salary cap scandal. Yeah, so I was at work. Um, I work with my boss was a big Tigers fan and he runs in and he goes, mate, you need to come watch the TV in the, in the lunchroom I run in and I just see David Gallup's face uh, I didn't really read the title when I just remember looking at his face and everybody was looking at me because the whole office knew I went for the storm and then it obviously was like you know we're stripping minor premierships we're stripping premierships and I don't think it really hit me until probably when I was on the bus home um, I had a lot of people I didn't have any headphones on at the time and a lot of people were just talking about how the storm were filthy cheaters and, and all of that and then that that's when it kind of hit me. And then I, I guess the next day, I kind of took the uh, walk of shame. I wore my Storm jersey to work. So I caught the bus to work that day and I had a lot of people give me slack for it. But, you know, that's just what you do when you support what you think. It, obviously, they carried that sort of... Well, I mean, let's be honest here. They're still carrying that fucking cheaters tag with some people, I guess. I mean, yeah. I see it on every post that I put up involving the Melbourne Storm. How have you dealt with that yeah. as, as a true fan? Um... I don't know because like something depends on the argument. I guess if I'm talking about premierships, I like to bring up seven and nine because I really think they deserved it. But then the credibility is gone, and a lot of friends will be like, "No, no, no look, mate, that's got stripped. You can't count them as premierships," which I guess we can't. Um, and the, oh, my friends are okay with it. I don't really, I don't really take it too personally now. I, I did. I used to get in a lot of um, online arguments with people calling us cheaters and that. But now it's you know, what we did the year after, kind of. Just shows what club we are. Like 2011, we, we get we get stripped off. We literally have nobodies. We have journeymen in our team. Adam Warno, Brian Norrie, all these type of players. And then Jesse Bromwich steps up. Kim Proctor steps up. And then we make a prelim. We win the minor premiership. So I guess that's what makes me proud of being a Storm fan, just the way we reacted to it. And, mate, of course, you know, around all these journeymen, you have got the big three and... In my opinion, I don't think we're ever going to see three better players in the same team ever. I, I don't care if it's rep, whatever it may be. Those three, 
they they just gelled better than anyone ever has or anyone ever will. Hundred um, percent. I was actually having this discussion with mate of mine the other day, and I'll I'll pass the question on to you. They played what from they were actually combined from what two thousand seven to two thousand seventeen, right? So ten years. Do you think personally they underachieved? Uh, to some extent, I do. Yeah, I especially yeah. think during yeah. that two thousand and thirteen to two thousand. You know, there was. There was 13, 14, and 15 where they didn't appear in a grand final. And personally, I, I, I think they definitely should have during that period. I think 2016, I would have liked to have seen them win that premiership too. I mean, it's fantastic to see the Sharks win, but like the Sharks just hang in there off grit. I, I thought the Melbourne Storm yeah. were the better team that year. So, yeah, mate, I, I would agree they have underachieved. But, I mean, 2009 was taken off them. 2000 and, sorry, sorry, 2010 was t- taken off them, essentially. 2011, they, they did well. Um, t- 2012 was the one, and oh, I don't know how you feel, but that sums up who the Melbourne Storm are for me. Yeah, yeah, 2011, 2012 is the way we hit back. Like we hit back with the modern Premiership. We obviously choked against the Warriors in the prelim, and then 2012 we win it all. Uh, but like I said, like in 10 years they won two Premiership. Well, they won four, got two taken away from them. So in my in my mind, I think if you go to any other sport, like if you go to NBA and you have let's say three of the top five players for 10 years, you want to win three out of three or four or five championships, right? So that's why in, in my mind, it kind of sucks because like you said, we're not going to have a trio like that ever again. And, and especially I, I in key positions like that, like you're, you're never going yeah, to have, like it, it's like in an um, NFL team, if you had the best quarterback, the best left tackle and the best running back, like you shouldn't be losing any of those games. And that's what the yeah. Melbourne Storm had. They had the halfback, the hooker and the fullback. Like it just, you, you cannot beat that. 100%. So it, it kind of, sometimes I get like 2016 one really, really hurts because I really think we should have won that one. Um, I, yeah, I thought that was ours to lose. And obviously Fafita gets that freakish try, but uh, yeah, what can you do, eh? Yeah, I mean, tr- 2016, as I said, I must say, I was really happy to see the Sharks win. You know, they'd been toiling away for so long. But, I mean, so in in, in that 10-year period, how, how many comps did they win then? They, they won 2012 Just and 2017. 2012 and 2017. Yeah, mate, yeah. Uh, underachieved by a mile. Yeah, and that's what upsets me, I guess. Um, but I'll tell you, I will tell you a funny story about 2016 Grand Final, so... Um, from 2007 to 2016, I had been to—I don't know the exact number, but it was about 65 live, like live physical live storm games. Yep. I had never seen them lose ever. Wow. So 65 odd games, I'd never seen them lose. The first game I took my wife to was the 2016 Grand Final, and then after then, I said to my wife, "You're never coming to any more games ever." I assume ever you mean again. your ex-wife, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I should have, should have signed the papers that night. <laughs> But yeah, that's like I had the best. Like all my mates knew about it, and they were like, "Dude, you're gonna have to see the lose one day." And I said, "It's not happening. It's not happening." And I decided to take my life to 2016 Grand Final, and then that happens. Crazy, so, unbelievable, mate. Heartbreak. After that 2016 Grand Final, a year later, you know, it, it, it's another weird sort of season. I mean, the Melbourne Storm do their normal thing. They make their way through to the Grand Final, and here are the Cowboys. They lose JT halfway through the year, and, you know, it, it's over for them. They can't go any further. And then all of a sudden, Malolo really emerges, and he dominates that comp, and Michael Morgan just goes to a new level. And 
They managed to scrape yeah. into the grand final, and it's one of those games I remember thinking, geez, Melbourne should win this by 40, but it's a real danger game because the Cowboys shouldn't have won their last four or five games realistically, and they just kept finding a way, didn't they? Yeah, 100%. Um, for, mine, for mine, as long as I've been following the Melbourne Storm, I think that was our greatest side ever, that 2017 side, um, based on win-loss record, based on the, the players that we had. Like, we had, like, Brandon Smith, Brody Croft, um, all of these young fellas on Jerome Hughes, they were all on like, you know, when our and our, our big boys wanted a, a break, we would start these guys and these guys did the exact same job um, as the main boys. But um, that grand final, I, think I said to myself, when we lost 2016, I said to myself, the Storm always bounced back of a grand final loss with a win. So I knew that they were going to come in ready to go. And then once we made the grand final, um, when it was against the Cowboys, I was probably like, really confident um, in winning that. And then obviously with the game plan, the way it flowed, it was just like slow dominance from the start to the finish. So yeah, it was a good win. Mate, um, I'd agree with that comment there you made about the 2017 being the best side. It's really too bad that they, you know, they came up against the Cowboys who, who had ran out of gas. I mean, I think if you put that 2017 yeah. side in either of the 2016 or the 2018 grand final, I think they probably get the job done there. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, yeah, well, even the 2016 side was really good, um, but the 2017 side was just special. And then coming off the grand final loss, I think they were just that little that little edge up, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, big difference was, I guess, they never had – those three teams never had the, the big three, you know, collectively. So 2017, they had it. 2016, there was no Slater. And then, obviously, Blake Green played 5-8 and Munster was at the back. 2018, no Croft. But yeah, that 2017 side, I've had a lot of arguments with a friend of mine. I think from 2000 to 2020, I think the two two of the better sides, I mean, I say two of the top five sides, and I'll let you have a say on that, I think were the 2017 Storm and the 2013 Roosters. I'd love to see those two go at it. That, that would be one hell of a clash, wouldn't it? Because that, they... That, that 2013 yeah. side, some of the young talent they oh. had mixed with the older Ooh. blokes, they were unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a brute. That was a good side. Like I was just like, just off the top of my head, I was like, imagine Roger Vasilevsky against Josh Adekar. Imagine Sonny Bill against Tohu Harris. Like just small matchups like that would have been awesome. Mate, I will never forget that 2017 Grand Final. I remember halfway through the year, as soon as the Clive Churchill Medal. Uh, markets opened. I had an absolute mozza on Cameron Smith, and I thought he had an absolute oh. blinder in that game. I couldn't believe he didn't get it. I could not yeah. believe it. Yeah, I, I think he got duped that one oh. massively. Fuck it, mate. I, I, I remember standing in that stadium with my mates, and they said, the Clive Churchill medalist, it's his second one, and I, you know, me, me being the fucking footy head I am, I think I was the only one in the fucking stadium that knew that Billy Slater already had one, and I just fell over. Yeah. I went, oh my God, you're kidding. Yeah, no, he um, yeah, I thought that was Cam's 100%. That was Cam's. He played awesome. Slater was good. I thought Cam just controlled the game a lot more. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I thought Cam should have got that one. Oh, I still can't believe he hasn't season, got a Clive right? Churchill. I, uh, <laughs> this won't shock you, but I've got a heap on him for uh, for Sunday, too. So fingers for crossed. Sunday? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, mate. I've got, I think I've got a couple of hundred, <laughs> I've got a couple of hundred on him to win it. So. Um, I'm hoping he comes through. Mate, one guy that you did mention there briefly was Cameron Munster, and I might have an unpopular opinion here, but I, I genuinely think he's a better fullback than he is 5'8", and he's probably the 100%. best 5'8 in the world. 100%. That, that's what's scary is 
he is arguably the best five eight in the comp, and he's not even a bloody five eight. And I, I know you've um, I, I listened to your, oh, what was it, the Husey one? You did a Husey podcast this week, right? Yep. And I was going to pitch a question to you. Why Bellamy has transitioned like four to five great players from whatever they were to really good halves. So like you know, Cromp was like a dummy half slash playing fullback. Yeah. Turns him into one of the best halfbacks ever. He turns a freakish fullback center wing into a really good five eight great English. He does the same obviously for Munster from a really good fullback to the best five eight in the comp, arguably. And now he's done it with Jerome Hughes, who's a really good fullback, and now he's a really good halfback. So that was another point I wanted to bring up with your other podcasts. It's just it's unreal how many players he can turn from whatever they were to what he wants them to be. Mate, he's sort of it, it's it's sort of like when you take a second rower and you sort of plug them at center and you sort of think, oh, you know, like I can get by with that. It's a little bit more of an irrelevant position. He's doing it with the key position. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. ...on the field, he does it consistently yeah. and he gets results. And I mean, you look over the last few years, like I remember when Ricky Stewart took, um, took Jared Hayne and played him at six and everyone just went what are you doing? Like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. He tried it for two or three weeks. Then he pulled back on it. I mean, Jack Whiten's been a, a success now, but he tried this with Jack Whiten two or three years ago and it didn't work then either. Craig Bellamy, he just doesn't miss. He's incredible. Yeah, and it's it's scary. Like, I'm obviously, end of last year, the way he... I think he just did it a little too late. I, I reckon if he pulled the pin on Croft a little earlier, maybe um, the Hughes would have had a little more, little more success, but I think it was better for it this year. He's obviously more more seasoned and he's playing a lot better. But yeah, like you said, I, I think Munster's a great Munster's a really good five eight, but he'd be a great fullback. Mate, speaking of other fullbacks, I mean, I, I remember when Slater retired, and we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But you know, everyone sort of went fuck. You know, they're losing the greatest fullback to ever play the game, and then you just have this list of about eight blokes that are all first grade fullbacks. I mean, you had you had Munster in the building, you had Jerome Hughes, you know, you would later get Ryan Pappenhausen, Nico Hines, Scotty Drinkwater. Drinkwater. Yeah. Unbelievable. The way and, and I mean he had so many fullbacks that he had to turn one of them into a premier halfback and one of them into the best five eight in the game. It's unbelievable. It is. I, I was big on Drinkwater. Like I was like, nah, Drinkwater's gonna get the one. Um and then obviously Hughes he kept getting it and Hughes played really, really well last year when he played fullback, but yeah, I've, I'm like everyone else, man. I, I can't believe where Pappenhausen came from and, and what he is now. It's just unreal. Mate, we've, unreal. Uh, we've got a podcast dropping tomorrow where I, I go through the twenty seven the 2016 side and I talk about everyone that left and then I go through all those players and, mate, the amount of holes they manage to fill, like essentially what they do is they get guys, they turn them into origin or test stars, then they let them go and they bring in another reserve grader, another guy that's unwanted by a club, and then he leaves four years later, and he's a state of origin player. He's a New Zealand test forward. Like, they're just incredible the way they go through their system. Yeah, 100%. I, I remember I was a big KP fan. I was a big Kevin Proctor fan. KP off Cooper Cronk was probably the best seven to, you know, second row combination for years. Yep. 
Um, so when he when he was saying he was leaving, I I had a few names that I thought would go, and I just remember that year when Felice Kafusi played, he was really like very really aggressive, but over the top, and he was getting a lot of penalties. And then when um, Bellamy kind of said, "No, I'm sticking with this side 11, I wasn't sure if he would be able to fill the hole, and he did it perfectly. Um, and then yeah, from who else from that system side kind of left? You know, Blake Green left, so then he turned Munster into a bloody a really good six and then obviously Slater came back at one but yeah it's unreal mate it's, it's really good it's really unreal what Bellinger's done with the club mate they win that 2017 grand final and then we come into 2018 and this is where the roosters start to emerge again and of course you meet them in the grand final and and for me like I'm a huge fan of both clubs I just love championship teams and champion systems yeah. like I love the Patriots I love what the All Blacks do and these two teams they are the two best systems and it was mate it was my wet dream to see these two come together and unfortunately <laughs> for you guys fuck you came up against a good side that night they oh, were mate. just I, 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 I don't know what more you could have done I, I say to my, my best mate is a, is a Roosters fan and I always say to him we were as soon as Cooper Cronk became a Rooster we were never going to beat you guys in a big game ever yeah. it was it was essentially giving our assistant coach for the last 15 years and handing him to you guys with the whole playbook and I just think he was the difference right um, We I think we beat them we probably played them about five six times we beat them twice in games that did not matter at all and then when it came to the big games he just outsmarted us just, just massively and I and that's what frustrated me is we, we just couldn't get past. Like, I think the Roosters don't have Cooper Cronk. I reckon the Storm could possibly, would have caused possibly, like, say the Storm or the Roosters don't have Cooper Cronk. So the, the Roosters in 2018 had to keep Mitchell Pearce. I believe the Storm probably could have won that grand final. And then I, I reckon they probably could have won last year's one too. I just think that's how important Cronk was for the Roosters. Mate, you know how highly I hold Cronk, and I back that in 100%. I think if Cronk stayed, we're looking at a three-peat for the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, 100%. Um, Yeah, that Roosters side in 2018, it was just an ambush, mate. I just remember watching it, and there's an actual – I was actually on Foxtel or whatever it was, and you can see me, and I just had my head down, and I got sent that many Snapchats, mate, about just how depressed depressed I looked. It was (laughs) terrible. I just we just ran into an ambush, mate, and we weren't ready for it, mate. And and my favourite argument that I get from people with, with with Cooper Cronk is that you know, oh, he he in that 2018 Grand Final, um, he didn't do anything. And I always think, mate, have mate, a look at that Roosters crazy. side. They are star studded every single position, and they still decided, nah, we need Cooper Cronk to be on the field to help us. The yeah. the fact that they needed him out there says more than the fact that he was injured. Yeah, hundred percent. It was just. I think it was just having him there. Like, he was just essentially a coach on the field. Like, he barely touched the ball. He barely tackled. But he just told, okay, Kiri, you got to do this. you got to do that. And he did it perfectly. It was like the perfect game plan. It was like the um, the uh, under sixes when the trainer's pointing at you which way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially. That's what he was. And he got a bloody he, he bloody got a grand final for it. So, you can't hate it. Now, mate, obviously, at the end of that game, Billy Slater does retire. And it's a really sad way to end in my opinion, the greatest fullback's career we have seen. What was the emotions around that night when Billy did retire? It was sad. It was, uh, it was more like I, I kind of thought, I don't know how we would recover. Um, yeah, the whole bus ride home, I just said to my mate, uh, he just won, so he was in a good mood, and I just said, well, I don't know how we're going to recover from this. We lose Slater, and obviously coming off a grand final loss, and then obviously 2019 comes up, and we play really, really well. 
Uh, we unearth a new fullback and it kind of just as, as Bellamy does, he just finds ways to make it work. And I remember watching that. That I think it was your pro, was it the prelim final last? Yeah, the prelim final against the Roosters yeah, last year, and yeah, yeah. that was the game of the year. That should have been the grand final. It had had um, Josh Adakar not stood his lollies against the Raiders when uh, Bateman scored. Uh, it would have we would have made it to the grand final. But I'm, to honestly, man, I don't think my nerves could have handled that. Well, mate, no I, yeah, I, I I think that's the biggest credit to the Roosters of, of 2019 that they managed to beat Melbourne and then they got up again to beat Canberra because they had to yeah, play but, two grand finals in a row. It would have taken so much out yeah. of the tank. Yes, especially when you get a six again call, go your way, mate. <laughs> oh, fuck, don't start me. Do not start <laughs> oh, me. I didn't, mate. I watched, I rewatched the grand final. I haven't watched I was I was there. I was in the Roosters section. I hadn't rewatched it until probably a month ago. I honestly, I forgot how important that call was. I honestly can't, or I couldn't fathom how bad that call was. Yeah, well, yeah, shit happens. I, I, I still think Canberra had their opportunities to win that game, and they didn't take it. To be honest with you, and yeah. I, 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 I don't blame it solely on that game. I'm on that moment. I mean, I remember yeah. the other moment where you know, if Leilua draw just simple draw and pass to Rapana, they score there. They blew that. They then had 10 minutes where Cooper Cronk was not on the field, like, and they yeah, didn't and they take didn't advantage of it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I understand Canberra fans being upset, but I, I can't blame it on that, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, Cooper Cronk oh. came back on, and they, you know, the, the, the Roosters, just for that one set of six, just went into top gear, and Canberra just couldn't keep up with them, in my opinion. But I can yeah, understand the argument. Now, tell me, mate, Jerome Hughes, you mentioned him a few times. I believe you got a few jerseys. Yeah, so I... Um... I just kind of went the bold move, mate, and I, I DM'd a few players and said, hey, look, I'm just a normal fan, just a normal bloke. Can I buy some stuff off you? And he, he replied. Um, he was happy to reply, and he, he sent me, like, all these personal photos and stuff he had, and then we kind of started talking. Uh, I paid for the jerseys. He sent them to me, and, and he follows me now, mate, so we, I, I reckon we're best mates going off of that. <laughs> How good's that? Yeah, I know. So sometimes I'll, I'll just message him, maybe game day and just say, hey, you know, good luck, bro. And he always reply to me, which is really, I think it's really cool, like, considering he's a professional athlete. I think it's awesome. Mate, he's uh, he's part of the uh, four-point collectibles mob. Have you um, have you had a look at their stuff at all with their cards breaks? So I always message him and I say, bro, you need to fill me in with, like, I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. And he always says, look, it's really hard to, to, to like, kind of explain. And I've just given up at that, mate. I, I really don't understand what they do. But I think it's cool. I think whatever they're doing, it's cool. Fuck, it's hard to explain. It's bloody expensive. It is a costly yeah. habit. Trust me. Avoid as much well, as you can. Like oh, yeah. mate, it's astronomical. Like some of the cards they've pulled, and like um, Ice and uh, Corey Norman and them. Some of the yeah, guy, yeah. They, Corey they, Norman's pulled a card on. like a hundred k or something. It's fucking ridiculous. So that card is worth hundred k. Well, some something ridiculous. I'm not sure if it's a hundred k, but it's something ridiculous. It's a uh, it's a Zion Williamson. Um, rookie card I believe so it's just yeah. worth an astronomical amount you know and it's as they all say it's so typical that bloody um, Corey Norman gets it yeah Corey Norman picks it up yeah no I've, I've asked him like can you explain it to me and he's like bro honestly it's just really hard to explain and then I'm like yeah okay that's it That's that, there goes my interest mate yeah no, nah, and you've saved about 10 grand trust me yeah, mate yeah, tell yeah, me probably. You, you told me before we started you, you, your favourite player. Now, I straight away said, oh, Cameron Smith. And you said, no, 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 I've got my favourite. Who is it? My favourite Swamp player has always been Jesse Bromwich. Um, I do remember, now that I've said it, um, in 2000, and they had like a 
something on Facebook. So it was like, type in your number and a Melbourne Storm player will call you and talk to you about your membership options. So I I put my number in and then I got a call from Jesse Bromwich. And then from then onwards, I've always had like a, a liking to him. And then he obviously 2013, 2014, I think 2015, he wins um three, uh, three player of the year awards with Melbourne. And he was just, he was on crazy form. Um, so I've just always been a Bromwich fan. He's, he's like the glue for our forward pack. Just does all the work that you kind of need from a player. And I like the way he, he kind of leads. He's real quiet, but kind of leads by his actions. I, I'm, I'm like, I like that kind of style. Unfortunately for Jesse, he's kind of just set the bar too high for himself. I mean, he's, you know, we, we sort of don't look at Jesse Romich and think he's got a massive ceiling because just every week he's just an 8 out of 10. Like a bad game might be a 7 out of 10. He's just a freak. Yeah, he's very steady. He's done that for, he's probably, he's been starting since 2011. So for about nine years, he's just done the same thing every week. And um, yeah, he's probably my favourite just to do to his, the way he plays, it's just kind of, you know, head head down, ass up, top of workload, and he just he just keeps producing every week. So yeah, I can't go past uh, Big Brom. Mate, tell me what happens this Sunday. Oh, um, so all right. Prior to the Panthers winning, <laughs> this is how I looked at it. I, I kind of analytical side had the had the Rabbitohs gone through, I think it would have been perfect twenty seventeen, where a team from outside of the five just went on a hot streak and then that would have came to us and I think the hot streak would have ended. So the Cowboys, we spoke about that before. Yep. Panthers, if the Panthers got through, it reminds me and it still does now that it's kind of happened. It reminds me of 2012 where um, the Doggies were on this hot form. They had Ben Barber. So Ben Barber, Nathan Cleary, who Nathan Cleary probably should have won the Dalian last night, but um, they had the Dalian player and it was just Bulldog mania all over Sydney. Everyone discredited the storm, but they came up with a perfect game plan. Um, high kicks, pressured the fullback, chase really hard. Kick chase is really good. I think it's going to be like that. Um, I think everyone's riding off the storm purely because of the 17 win streak and because of, you know, I don't know. I don't even know why they're riding us off, but I think we get over in a tight one. And I think it's going to be exactly like 2012 grand final. I think it's going to be tight, but I think we should win by. I'm going to say 8 to 10 points. If I was you, I'd be absolutely loving what's happening this week. Everyone's talking about the Panthers. Social media is just all these blokes yeah. dancing around and, you know, throwing yep. their hands up, doing all these signals and everything. And your Melbourne Storm side, they're just sitting up there, just taking it easy. No one's talking about them. If anyone's talking about Melbourne, they're talking about why Cameron Smith hasn't retired. I'm, I, I'm confident Cameron Smith knows exactly what he's doing. He... He he refused to say he's retiring, but he he did the lap of honour. He got chaired off, and then he played a straight bat. Oh, mate, I, I'm confident in his mind. He's going, you know what? I'm going to let the media talk about me this week, and the, my yeah. other 16 blokes can just get ready for war. That's 100%. Like, the media people on after the Raiders game, like, it was clear as day he was going to retire. Clear as day. Like, and the way he just kept denying it, kept denying it, kept denying it, I, I think it's a smart move. I think all the pressure was on Penrith. First place, 17 wins in a row. They probably should have had the Dalian medal winner. Um, and then our, our guys are just chilling up in the Sunshine Coast. I think they get much media up there. Um, not about not about NRL anyway. Um, so I think the, the situation is prime for us. 
And then obviously we've got if, if Cairns retiring, they've got something to play for, and then they've obviously got Victoria to play for. I think that's a big underlying factor that no one's really mentioning. Yeah, for sure, mate. Boys, it's got to be pushing them big time. I think. Yeah, I think a lot of these boys are really, really um, digging in deep for Victoria, and I don't think a lot of the city people are thinking about that. I think it's just more, you know, Melbourne against Penrith. But I think Melbourne are really want to play for Victoria, especially, you know, the Vixens just won the netball. So that's, you know, the netball's down in Victoria now. The AFL is going to be a Victorian side. So I reckon the Storm will want to make it a, you know, a clean sweep with all the major uh, sports in Australia. Mate, uh, obviously this week, you know, if Melbourne Storm do win, more than likely, although history's proven me wrong before, that the Clive Churchill medalist will come from Melbourne. And, you know, obviously it's, you know, it's Cameron Smith's last game and we've both mentioned him. we both got a bit of money on him. But the bloke that I've said all season will win the Clive Churchill and I just think he's ready to explode on the biggest stage is Cameron Munster. I think he's just been floating along waiting for a big game to come along and I cannot wait to watch Munster in this grand final. I mean, you saw him in the, against the Roosters in, was it 2018, where he just had the complete brain explosion and yeah. I, I think he's just been waiting for another grand final to set it alight and I can't wait. Yeah, I watched the, um, he did an uh, interview on NRL.com and he essentially just talks about how much hate he copped after the 2018 grand final and he just said, look, I don't care. I'm ready to, you know, I want to, I want to perform in big games. And he essentially has, like 2016 grand final, he was really good for us. Obviously, 2018 grand final, he had a few mind, uh, you know, brain explosions. But I could, I can see Cam winning it, Cameron Munster. He'd be the only person that could steal it off Cam, I think. I think to make the fairy tale not happen with Cam Smith winning the Club Churchill, it's going to have to take like a really, really good performance to steal it off him. And I think Munster's that cheeky that he, he can do it. He could possibly snag it off him. He's just got X Factor. Oh, fuck. He's just got X Factor written across his forehead, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's just fearless. Like, he just doesn't. He really doesn't care. Like, when he got stuck at um, fullback the last year for Queensland, he's just fearless, man. He just doesn't. He really doesn't give a shit. And he just wants to win. And I, yeah, I think he's it. I think he's, he had the game of his life last week. And I think it's going to be the other half's turn this week. And I mean, the scariest thing about Munster for me is, and he especially showed in that Origin game, you know, like all the greats, like, you know, I I remember watching Darren Lockyer and Thurston and Joey and Freddie and they've all got time. And just when they get the ball, everything just slows down around them. And Munster, he, no one has more time in rugby league than Cameron Munster at the moment. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, it's it's 100% true because when he drifts out to the left side, it's kind of like Hayden 09. It's just like, he waits for people to come to him or he's got enough time that he can kind of dance around and either put in a kick for Fox or put in a short ball for Kenny Bromwich. Um, yeah, it's unreal. But I reckon it's his week this week. I, I can't uh, remember I who the game was against, mate, but it was a couple of weeks ago and they were playing up at the Sunshine Coast. It might have been against the Cowboys and he scooted from his tram line 10 metres out and he scored under the sticks and he, he essentially went untouched. He just ran 25 metres across field and everyone was just flat-footed. Uh, he's just got something that other guys don't. Yeah, and he's he's got a lot of try like that where he kind of just this nothing happened, and he kind of just danced around and then just a quick left foot step, and he's really strong. He, I think I don't think the first tackler ever gets him. He can always fend off the first tackler. So if you're not going in with a person with you, you're 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 in, you're in big trouble. Big trouble, mate. Yeah, I think you can do that this week. 
for sure. I, I'm, I'm, I really like him for the Clive this week. I, th- I think he's going to really explode. Willie, mate, I really appreciate your time, mate. Fairness short for Fnatic, and I've known for some time you're, you're a Fnatic, and tonight just proved it, mate. I love the passion you've got for your Melbourne Storm, and I really hope for you and, and for my bank account they uh, they lift the trophy <laughs> on Sunday, brother. Mate, you know what? And uh, you, I can honestly say you are probably the only person all these other pages are full of shit. You're the only person who said from the start the Melbourne Storm are going to win it this year. And you've never detracted from your statement. Remember when everyone told us Parramatta was going to win it? Please. Oh, mate. Yeah, you know who said that? Bloody Clarky, the idiot. Now, you've had a I few run-ins know. with Clarky, haven't you? Yeah, he's an absolute tosser, mate. <laughs> he, um, he said Parramatta, 100% sure thing. Now that Parramatta's out, he's, he's trying to say, oh, the second team I always had with Melbourne. You never, your page was the only page that gave us a chance to shoot, 100%. Mate, it looked like a Parramatta fan club over there for a while from what I gathered, oh, but ridiculous, no, mate, mate. I, I'm glad your team's come through for both of us, and I, I think they're going to get a win on Sunday. So fingers crossed, mate, they get it done for you. I'm sorry, mate. I'm, I'm still scarred from 2018, mate. So I need a grand final. Thanks for your time, brother. Thank you, brother.